sky. It's beautiful. What are you talking about? I couldn't control my mind. Strange lights in the sky never bode well for the future. Whatever the phenomenon was, it certainly wasn't natural. There's evil at work here. I don't think you'll have seen anything quite like a Terranetal before. You'd never establish yourselves here. You are assuming we plan to coexist. Our rats will ensure that there are no survivors. Plan to rid this planet of all its primitives. A final visitation. Genocide. We must wait for the doctor. Your doctor is a dead man. The Disgusting Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and I would like to welcome back for the first time in quite a while from the Oz9 podcast, Shannon Perry. Shannon, how are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? I am doing quite well. And for anyone who may be listening to us from the Oz9 Discord channel on the it used to be Cast Junkie, but it is now something else. It is the Podcast Nexus, am I right? Mm-hmm. So for anyone listening to us from there, we're going to have a game tonight. How many times can Kyle say Oz 9 in an episode of Discussing <laughs> Who? We're going to find out. But Shannon Perry, happy holidays. How are you? I'm great. Happy holidays to you too, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How have you been? It's been a while since you've been on with us. So how's everything going? Good, good. I recently had um, some guests visiting. My cousin and his wife were visiting from Colorado, and neither of them had seen Doctor Who. So I would like to give you two guesses of the two episodes that I showed them. Go ahead. What do you think? Oh, I think I know. Blink. Blink. Blink is one. What's the other? Vincent uh, oh, and the Vincent Doctor. and the Doctor, yeah. Vincent and the Doctor. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> Great suggestion. And they loved them both. So we might have some new some new takers. Sweet. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I hear two other voices, and they're not in my head. They're on this podcast. They're with us here tonight. Clarence Brown, welcome back. Oh, dear. I am thankful to be here today with you guys. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, ready to talk this one out. Well, I am glad that you're back with us, and I am thankful for that. And I am also thankful for the ability to say, Lee Shackelford, welcome back. Thank you, sir. So glad to be back grateful to have this time and uh, so glad that Shannon's back with us. So thank you. We are saying the word grateful over and over, but you recently, Lee, had an idea of doing a gratitude episode. So my hat is off. It's invisible hat, <laughs> like invisible hair that Nordle had. But my invisible hat is off to you because that has been quite well received. So kudos to you, thank my you. friend. I hope we can share some of that feedback, too. So, Ooh, perfect segue, Ooh. because our friend Tim wrote on 12-13-2022, he says, so thankful for this podcast, the Doctor Who, What, Where, and When, and How by episode, good, balanced banter, and valuable insights by the best and the brightest guys in the room. Thank you, Kyle, Clarence, and Lee, for your thoughtful insights and always finding a cup half full, no matter which doctor is in the house. Oh, lovely. Wasn't, wasn't that well lovely. said? That's just... Oh, That's beautiful. Very well said. 
So we are in the holiday season. We are wrapping up, and I am wondering if this may indeed be the last airing episode of Discussing Who for 2022. So, Lee, I'm going to point back Ooh. to you real quick. If we have someone listening for the very first time or if they've been with us for a while, what do you like to say? We always like to say thank you because we know you've got other things you could be doing, but you're choosing to spend this time with us. So thank you for the gift of your time. And Clarence Brown, if they would like to keep listening, what should they do? Well, of course, you can keep listening by hitting us up on whichever podcasting platform you prefer. But call to action. Thank you for supporting and subscribing, leaving a review or telling a friend. If you have something that you want us to talk about or anything else you want us to know, you can send it in to discussing who at gmail.com or hit us up at discussing who on any and all social medias, though I might not be on Twitter very long. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. That sands through the Twitter glass. But like you said, a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But speaking of, I do have a couple of things in the news I want to talk about really quick before we get into the meat and potatoes of why we are here tonight. I think since the last time the three of us together have been together, especially uh, all of us have been together with Shannon. We have the name of our next companion, Ruby Sunday. And we also have the doctor's official, and I keep calling it costume or his wardrobe, but mm. I think I've found what I need to call it, his attire, mm. the doctor's <laughs> attire. Like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Ruby Sunday, is everyone familiar with our new, have we seen the picture of our new companion ruby yeah. sunday yeah we've seen publicity photos but all right lee yeah. go first thoughts of ruby sunday just from picture alone oh uh, she's cute okay <laughs> there lee shackleford says i'm she's guessing cute. i mean I, I mean that in all possible ways that this is probably her function on the show um uh, she in some ways reminds me a little bit of Rose. It seems like it's going to be that more younger, late teenage perspective of a character. So I'm interested to to see how that plays out as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I like the, you know, I don't want to comment on the person's looks, but I think she'll fit in well with, uh, and not to degrade what Lisa <laughs> said at all, <laughs> not at all, but, but I think she'll fit in a slot in very well with, uh, you know, a Rose-type character for Doctor okay. Who. Okay. Shannon Perry, what say you? I honestly think that the Doctor needs a, an older, more mature woman in the TARDIS. Someone around, <laughs> say, 54, almost 55-ish. How about an American? Mm -hmm. uh -uh. <laughs> I can fake British. Not okay. that I'm talking about myself, of course. Right, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah mm. I don't know anything about her. I, she's 18, so come on. How about those of us who've been fans yeah, for a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if she was? A, but she. What if she was uh, kind of cartoon British and a and a little blue hologram? But that yeah, right, mm. right, mm -hmm. mm. that right? would be mm. interesting. Beach to it, huh? Yeah, you know. But where? <laughs> hey, Lee, I have a quick mm. question before Drink. we go any further. If someone were listening to us and they their ears just perked up about a little what? holographic snarky something. Yeah. Now this isn't my fault, yeah. but where might they find something like that? I have no idea. <laughs> On that other show that they're already tired of hearing us talk about. That's on Oz nine, which you can find more about at Oz nine 
dot com. Is it yeah. is it Oz Oz dash nine Oz dash nine Oz. Okay, did you say Oz dash nine? Okay, seriously, Yanni is the only one who's going to survive this episode intact. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and is that because she listens to us, or does she listen to? Oz nine. <laughs> Just that she has a very resilient liver. <laughs> Who knows? For the drinking game. Um, well, for all livers anywhere in space Ooh. and time, I'll move forward from Oz nine and go into something else beside Oz nine. And I will say that the 15th Doctor's attire has been released. It's an orange sweater with what looks to be a black and our brown and black plaid suit. And if you stare at it long enough, I think he also has a matching scarf. Maybe. Nice. And many people of, of my age are saying, I think I had that sofa. <laughs> and not in, not in right, a good Clarence. way. <laughs> Clarence, sofa beside the sofa. What do you think? Thoughts? A whole lot of plaid. A whole lot of plaid. I do think maybe the orange works for uh, Shooty. So I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Like most of the outfits, costumes, attire, it has to grow on us a little bit. So uh didn't immediately jump out at me as being as awesome looking or like, ooh, I want to pick that up. <laughs> but I think he's going to make it work, especially from this this YouTube short that, that Shooty and the actor for uh for Miss Sunday did. I, th I think it's going to, I think it's going to work. Um, I think it's going to work for him. I think it looks sharp. I like his shoes. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. the shoes. The shoes are great. I totally I, love the I shoes. I love a long coat, right? Yeah. Something, there was something uh, from the Sherlock, the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock, where he said something about the, have, making sure to have a long coat and a short friend. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you appear taller. Is a long coat a and short a short friend. friend. Yeah. Yeah. So Billy really Gibson looks, really, looks cute too. That's a... Yeah, I agree. I think that she's going to be, you know, everybody keeps saying, oh, well, you know, RTD's back. It's just another rose. No, I don't think she's going to be another rose because I think that, I think she's going to be herself, whatever herself is, whatever this character is. I love the look that they've given him. It's mm -hmm. very subdued in a way. I mean, yes, it's plaid, but I like the coloring. It fits him well. I like the fact that they've given him a, what looks to be a mustache. You know, we've never seen Doctor with facial hair, really. So I think that, you know, we've had the David mm. Tennant sideburns. But <laughs> other than that, that's for the most part. Uh, Tom Baker has had the sideburns. Sure. But other than like a mustache, you've never really had a Doctor on screen having that, to my knowledge. Mm. I like it. I actually would say that it's a combination of you take the pants of maybe Hartnell or Troughton, mm -hmm. use that theme yep. over a brown coat. But the coat reminds me a little of Matt's second coat from the mm -hmm. level of the length and everything. Mm -hmm. That's what that reminds me. Or wasn't Capaldi's coat a little longer as well? I yeah. think one that he right. had was. Almost yes, even. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. And, and if I could just add real quick, I think the overall look of both of them mm -hmm. together just screams fun mm -hmm. to me. And, that, and that's kind of what I want from Doctor yep. Who. Fun, adventure, and that's what they're definitely uh, putting on the table with the look of both of them. Yep, I agree. Yep. I agree. 
And you know what? The, the one thing that I'm really enjoying that RTD is doing again is he's giving us these little nuggets, these little tidbits to like whet our appetite along the way, making this time span between last special and this special that's coming up in 2023 not feel quite so long. And I think that is so cool. So, does anyone else have any other things before we get into the reason we are here tonight? Not for me. Nope. Not at all. (laughs) Alrighty. So, for everyone listening, if you have not seen The Visitation, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? Well, spoilers. And I killed Sparky, too. (laughs) Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review The Visitation. This is a fifth Doctor story, airing in four parts between the 15th and the 23rd of February, 1982. It starred Peter Davison as the fifth Doctor, Janet Fielding as Tegan Javanka, Sarah Sutton as Nyssa, and Matthew Waterhouse as Adric. So, summary view. Lee Shackelford, I think I'm going to start with you. Summary view. What say you? Well, we wanted a Tegan, and this is the one I suggested. Um, And um, I had forgotten how much I like it. I hadn't seen it in quite a while. Um, Lots of surprises. And and, and at least one very important moment in the history of the show. So, we'll come back to that. Mm. But... uh, I also noticed, since you were just reading off the cast, which of the Doctor's companions actually gets top billing? Mm, Very good question. I gave it to Janet Mm -hmm. Fielding because it was our Tegan episode, so that's why I put her there. But that's a very good question. Matthew Waterhouse. You know what also is a very good question? Clarence Brown, what say you? What did you think? I think overall I enjoyed this story. It's it's a classic story that... I didn't really feel it meandering like some of the others have. So it really kept me engaged mostly throughout the whole story. I can give that as a huge plus. I love the dynamic of the different companions here. One that we see possibly was on the way out and that didn't happen due to, of course, a TARDIS <laughs> error. But, but I, I, li- I like the dynamic of all these different companions here. Companions that I don't really know anything about <laughs> at all. Uh, so it was interesting to see them play on these different dynamics and see the doctor uh, navigate that. And I do think we had a somewhat interesting um, story as far as the, the enemy in this episode as well. All right. So, Shannon, I waited and held you to last, <laughs> mainly because you are a big fifth doctor fan. You know, that's your doctor. So yeah. thoughts on this? Uh-uh. <laughs> I didn't do my homework because I couldn't find this. So I'm going to say that I love Peter Davison and all his companions. Well said. Here, here. There you go. Well said. (laughs) And why could she not find it? Because she was busy preparing season five of Osmond. Anyway. I'm having fun with this. I'm seriously having fun with how many times I can say this. Kyle, you should take her to task for the fact that she didn't watch the episode. Just so she can say, It's not my fault. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, this is even better than having narrate like we did last year for Christmas. This is even better than because last year for Christmas we had the hand of fear and we had narrator two and Olivia, who you just mm-hmm. said, you know, is not my fault from Oz <laughs> nine narrate our Christmas review of the hand of fear. So anyway. <laughs> but seriously, back to the story that we're here for, the dates aired, I found were very interesting because whenever I looked at it, I thought originally that Wikipedia was wrong. So I went to another source and looked it up there because it said between the 15th and the 23rd of February. And I'm like, four parts, four weeks, you can't get four weeks into the 15th and the 23rd. So somebody may not if they're once a week, they well, Mm -hmm. not if they're twice, twice a a week, week. you can. Yes. 15th and 16th. And then on the 22nd and the 23rd. Also interesting was unlike most serials or four parters or three parters or whatever, even today, this is something that doesn't usually happen. Episode one had 9.1 million viewers Two. 9.3, 9.3, 3, 9.9, 4, 10.1. Yeah. So the audience grew each and every week. Mm-hmm. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. I'd, I'd love to know what you guys think is the reason for that. I mean, of course, we think it's an okay story, but do we feel like it was progressing better and better each episode, or was it just a story so intriguing people had to keep watching and telling others. Mm. Yeah, that's that's my guess. I think it is just an intriguing story. And they, yeah, people did not turn away. And people, yeah, word of mouth said, oh, I better get in on this. Wow. Yeah. But who watches four without seeing mm. one, two, and three? <sighs> you know? That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's hard no, for that's, me. Yeah, that's true. That is. I mean, people can tell you about it. so And obviously people did this. Right. But- that always surprises me that somebody's willing to do that. But you know what? If you look at the numbers, there's not that much of a growth between three and four mm. because there's 9.9 to 10.1, really kind of the same amount of growth between one and two, which was 9.1 and 9.3. Mm. It's really the big cliffhanger in episode two which i believe is when he says oh no not again and i wonder and speculate that maybe but since there's a 9.3 and 9.9 you've got that 0.6 jump maybe people speculated is he about to regenerate Mm. Mm. that makes a lot of sense And they watched it on the third episode and was like, oh, okay, well, this was pretty good. Let me watch the last one. (laughs) What kind of press was going on? Was there was there much conversation about it in in Mm. the popular media or like Facebook? (laughs) Yeah. 1982. Um, (laughs) I'm just wondering if there was if people were were people talking about it. Was that a really big audience for that? time period i don't know i don't oh, have anything to compare it no it, to, it's so. enormous it's uh yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's fantastic for for a doctor who in the in that day for doctor and, uh, who then. Oh. um yeah so it, it's a big success you know i think thinking back on the episodes of that time it seemed like we were always teasing that one of the companions was about to leave and you know the, mm-hmm. the last one ended with the, the the serial just before this ended with tegan saying that's it that's it take me home now and uh and his promise that he was going to do it uh, oh. So, 
yeah, people must have tuned in to, to say farewell to Tegan. But yeah, anyway. So so back to, you know, the story and to Clarence's question, Lee, what about this story when I said, let's do a Tegan? What made you pick this one? Why was this one a stand, standout to you? Um, I think because of the tension about whether or not we're going to get Tegan back. I mean, I just love the fact that we've arrived in at Heathrow, but 300 years too early. Um, I think that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> and, you know, with a time machine, that's that's bound to happen. Um, it does make it funny. I know I'm getting off the topic, but it does make it funny when the doctor later asks um, Mace, which is the nearest city? I think, well, even I know that. If you... <laughs> If you'd sent me to 1666 Heathrow, I would say, well, we're not far from London. <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> still. Um, but, you know, the, 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 for, for a British audience, a story about the Great Plague that's going to end with the Great Fire. Um, I don't know. I, th I just think that's got to be very compelling. And um, I, I, I just think that once people got on board with Mace, I think he's terrific and people might have really enjoyed him. Um I don't know. It's it's like it's it's all of the doctor's companions in this crowded TARDIS time, uh, kind of at their best or at their most. Anyway, Edric is is uh, annoying and keeps getting yeah. in the way, and um, in the in that <laughs> oh, way that he does, and um, mm -hmm. the sort of love hate relationship with Tegan, and um, yeah, um, and and uh, Nissa saves the day by being smart, which is <laughs> kind of what she does. And um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, just, I, I, it's, it's sort of like it's, uh, if you had to show somebody one episode of, of this crowded TARDIS period, this would be the one. I, that's what I think. Mm. All what? right. So I, oh, go ahead, Jenna. Yeah. Can you remind me, where is Nissa from? Uh, Tracken. Tracken. Yes. I, yeah. I was just trying to remember. I know she's not human. Is she? Hmm. There, she's not right? human. Right. Yeah. She's huh. the... She's the master sorted order. She's the master sorted order. <laughs> the master took over her father's. Well, the master Wait, took like, over right? her father's body. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Tegan is the only human in the TARDIS for this time. Yeah. Right. Oh, Adric isn't either. Yeah, okay, he's, that's right. He's, I forgot that. No. Yes, he's not human he's either. From the universe. Right. Yeah. That would so. explain his clothes. What? Right. So, <laughs> I'm so confused yep. right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I want to go back. Because I heard Clarence do a Clarence groan, <laughs> and I want to know your thoughts, Clarence, on Adric. Adric, I mean, he he seemed okay. Um, I don't know if the character is supposed to be younger, but he did some things I felt like were like what a young younger person would do. As far as like when he left Nissa and the yeah. TARDIS, like he just had to go out there and find a doctor, which you know I guess he was doing what he thought was right, but it, it really didn't make a lot of sense at that point. He was, like Lee said, he was just generally kind of annoying, but I was, I, I know nothing about that character other than his story. Shannon, what were your memories? What were your thoughts on Adric as a character? I remember being annoyed with him, but I more remember being annoyed with Tegan because she always wanted to go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I yeah, yeah I, I remember Adric seemed... Like a teenager yeah. a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But I was a teenager myself at the time, so it didn't seem so <laughs> Right. What's wrong with that? But I, yeah, I just remember being sort of annoyed with with Tegan because she was, you know, on this grand and glorious adventure for which I would have given, you know, at least one limb. And uh, 
She constantly wanted to not be doing that. So, but you know, if you did get your limb, if you did give a limb away, you could maybe negotiate maybe to get it back. Just (laughs) saying, (laughs) Um, you know, if if it was sacred, I don't know. But anyway, um, Lee, what did you think of Adric? Oh, I, I always thought that was a very interesting uh, mix. You know, we, if if, mm-hmm. if you've been following this the, the long story of the serials at that time, that you you knew how Adric sort of came to be in the story, and there's no taking him back home. You know that that door has closed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, with Romana and K nine on the other side, I may say, but uh, so talk about tying off a a plot thread. But uh, yeah, Adric is 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 a kid, and he's super smart, and he knows it, and that makes him headstrong. He thinks he knows the right answers, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't. And I think that I think this doctor really, really likes him, but sometimes he loses his patience with it. And mm. and he he's not about to come back and apologize, but um, he'll try to be um, companionable with him too. It's it's like mm. the fifth doctor yeah. is 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 their dad. Mm-hmm. It's a thing near the end of this episode really threw me off when they finally reunite, and you know this later in the episode but they meet back up with the doctor via the TARDIS it just seems like he is angry at, at uh, Adric and I'm puzzled oh, why yeah <laughs> he, right he just no, saved that's, you that, mean, is a, that is a, a thing that I really like about this episode uh, 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 earlier in, in the uh, the season uh, Nyssa and Tegan have found the, the the operating manual for the TARDIS and so apparently there has been an instruction book all along and the doctor just ignores it but they, the three of them, then learn sort of nominally how to how to make the TARDIS go certain places um, to to materialize and dematerialize. But the Doctor has told them to cut it out. They don't know what they're doing, and just so this. So at the end of this episode, this was this was Edric doing it again. And uh, yeah, I just love the way Peter Davison plays that. He can't look. He's just he's covering his eyes like, oh no, they're. <laughs> <laughs> he's at the controls of my TARDIS. Oh, okay. Please get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense now. Yeah, just, <laughs> please stop doing that. You know, I always saw Adric as John Nathan Turner or JNT, as he's often mm-hmm. referred to, as being, I want to introduce this to a younger audience. And what's the best way? Just like <clears throat> Shannon, you <throat> said a minute ago, you didn't pay a much attention mm-hmm. to him because mm-hmm. you were a teenager yourself at the time. <laughs> so therefore, you know, that was normal. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I think his purpose Maybe was so. attract yeah. a younger yeah. audience. Yeah. Yeah. But not so. Yeah. So I have a question about, I want to go away from the companions just for a moment and talk about something that was central to the plot line, which is the plague. And there's, you know, very many references all across four episodes of the plague of people being sick. And I'll go ahead and answer my own question before I even ask (laughs) it, which is, has COVID ever, has COVID forever changed our point of view when it comes to storylines like this? I think it has, at least for me, because it makes it a little bit more relatable. It's not just something from the history books. You know, and I know we weren't in a plague, but we were in a pandemic where everyone was from for a time. You didn't go out of your Mm -hmm. house much, et cetera, and so forth and so on. Am I 
And is everybody feeling the same or what are your thoughts? I remember there was a point early on in the pandemic where I just was frustrated by people not taking it seriously. And I thought, what will it take people, what would it take to convince people? And I, I realized it's kind of the optics. If you go out into one of our, our empty streets where everybody has stayed home and all the businesses have been shuttered, you don't see COVID. You don't see a pandemic, you know, you see an economic uh, nightmare. That may be all you see. But in in the days of the Great Plague in Europe, there were bodies in the street, you know, and I thought maybe yeah. that's what it would take. That's when people would say, oh, this is for real. Yeah. And I, I think we may have had a just a slight bit of that. You know, the doctor mentioned the burning sulfur and we saw the smoke mm -hmm. in, in this episode. But the 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 if, if you kind of related it to COVID, we had the it, was it New York where they had like yes. the, the trailers of just people right. they had nowhere to put them so if if we had anything to kind of relate to that period of time i think that would be something that was more visual for and reported on a lot for people to kind of you know chew on to be like Ugh, this yeah. thing is really bad you know so let's go a little bit further and talk about the and i'm going to say this incorrectly the terror leptis the terror whatever the the bad yeah. guys the aliens the yeah. the the the, the lizard people terraleptals yeah. terraleptals yes. thank you thank you thank you so shannon i'll point yeah. to you first the visual of them to start with thoughts um you know a little rubbery yeah. <laughs> but but you know for the time period great it works yeah. it works fine for me i think they were very interesting if if a little rubbery they remind <laughs> me of something and i'm trying to remember what it was and you'll probably have to come back to me because all i can think of is the skepsis from uh one of the jim henson movies yeah yeah um, yeah um, but i well i'll go ahead and add that they reminded me of a rubber godzilla meets <laughs> one of the things from uh super mario brothers but you know this is what i love about going back and watching the older the older stuff is there is something deeply sentimental about watching a monster whose face wobbles a little bit yeah. as it talks mm -hmm. you know and where you can see the actor's skin a little bit here when it turns or something right. I, like there's something deeply nostalgic for those of us who were fans of the old yeah. series there's a so. big zipper up the <laughs> exactly yeah. but, and you know or his not, feet slide a little inside the rubber right. not a robotic zebra right. just right. a zipper right. uh, the, uh, the, the 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 guys in suits thing on doctor who is is one of the things that people um make fun of it for um, and partly because if you're going to have a mask that has a mouth on it, um, it's very hard to make that mouth move in, in sync to your speech. Mm -hmm. um, right. It's, um, I don't know. Um, and I noticed this time that I'd love to know what the inner workings are, but they've worked really hard to to make that mouth move for the to the best extent possible with the resources mm -hmm. they have. And I really appreciate the extra effort there. It, you know, the, the teraleptal isn't. Um, articulating the way we would because he doesn't have any lips but um you know we know it's all being yeah. translated telepathically anyway so <laughs> so clarence what were your thoughts about their objective basically to exterminate uh humanity for their own needs of using the planet thoughts on that um i mean it's kind of cliche in a lot mm -hmm. of ways but i i i'd I, I, I found it interesting how they were, I guess, were 
going to piggyback off of the plague that was already happening to infect these rats with a worse plague? Is that what? Yep. yep. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's what I <laughs> <Yeah>. get. <laughs> he, was, he was going to weaponize the yeah. plague like it isn't already <laughs> sufficiently yeah. weaponized. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's with a purpose. So yeah, that was kind of interesting. I, I really like the idea in this <laughs> script that the Terraleptals are... Um, when not at war, are a lovely people and a sophisticated <laughs> culture with the mm. you know with a love for art and music and and the doctor really respects that. But uh, once the building is on fire, hmm. he says, "Yep, screw them. I gotta get. We're gonna get out of here." Well, that also sends their prisoners to a hell planet. Of well, sorts. there's that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. These these three. But isn't the nobody said they were perfect? The, right. Exactly. Yep. True. <laughs> but isn't that with any society, you know, you can have the most advanced. And whenever I say advanced, I mean, you know, the enlightened society. But as soon as those baser instincts take over of war, you know, all that nicety sometimes does indeed go out That's the window. Us. You know, hey, I'll take a Star Trek penal yeah. colony any day <laughs> over any of So why were they? Just plant stuff. So this, so I'm looking at uh, TARDIS fandom.com here and it says that they've escaped from mines where they had been sentenced to life imprisonment what were they imprisoned for do you know bad rubber mm. <laughs> wobbly faces yeah spreading false information on social media <laughs> <laughs> they were telepathically we sending out fake telepathy yes. mm -hmm. you guys are really not you know Getting great credibility <laughs> here. Buy it. <laughs> I really don't yeah. know. I mean, the answer, okay. you know, the ultimate answer to that question is, I, I no. don't know. Yeah, they may not have said. So. But hey, you know, I I have not seen this for a very long time. Even though I don't know, it's not my mm. fault. But <laughs> uh, what is my fault is that I have not yet talked about something that went away in this very episode. Yeah. This is the last time in Classic Who that we see our dear friend, the Sonic Screwdriver. Yep. Really? Yes. Yep. Destroyed no. by the Terraleptals and never replaced until magically it reappears in the TV movie. Exactly. Like I've lost a dear friend. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly what and, Peter Davison said, isn't it? Yeah, along the I way. feel as though you killed, just killed an old friend. Yeah. So the reason for... This is because John Nathan Turner felt that it had become a narrative crutch. <clears throat> Thoughts? Well, yeah, I've always thought that was a fascinating decision. And, you know, um, now in the new series, uh, people who are um, trying to describe the show to people who don't watch or people who are new to the show refer to it as his magic wand. And, you know, that's what it is. It's, it's sometimes you have to think of reasons why it won't work. Mm-hmm. Like like the kryptonite, you have to you have to you have to invent kryptonite for the sonic screwdriver. Mm. So I don't know what what would the what would the current doctor be like without the sonic screwdriver? Okay, Clarence, I want to ask you that question because you're you know more into the current two thousand and five forward. Could can you imagine the doctor without his or her sonic? I could. I, I, I it would be more of a MacGyver. Mm -hmm type doctor which i thought was that that was what mm -hmm. we're going to get with jody whittaker when we mm -hmm. first saw her you know kind of doing a macgyver thing so i think it could make the doctor a lot more interesting 
Uh, but by the same token, in this story, we just happened to have a highwayman there who was able to pick locks and <laughs> and get us out of the situation. So it it, it it's going to force the writers to to have to be more clever in in the way they approach the story. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Shannon? Do you think it became a crutch? Or, oh. And and for that matter, do you think it is a crutch today? No. I don't. I, I, I think there you can always come up with a reason that it doesn't work if it becomes too easy. You know, it's you can drop it. You can short circuit it. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of ways that you can take it out of out of the equation if you need to take it out of the equation. But it does. You know, as someone who ostensibly writes things, it's nice sometimes to be able to shortcut what might be a very long and boring sequence trying to get people out of a locked room. You know, it's just like, I don't want to take the time <laughs> yes. to figure out that the window's open and then they're going to have to climb up to it and slightly go through a heating vent or whatever, blah, 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 mm-hmm. sonic screwdriver, yeah. move yeah. on to the next thing. Exactly. Yeah. So. Or as in uh, Day of the Doctor, uh, it turns out the door wasn't locked at all. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. And maybe it's more of a crutch for the writer than it is for the character in that case. Like, yeah. You know, mm. but... But I think there are times when it comes in very useful. And I think the audience appreciates that we don't have to have some lengthy explanation or escape plan. Just shortcut it out. That's right. It's it's like rather than. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. It makes me think of the decision early on of developing Star Trek that we could spend a lot of time landing this spaceship on the planet week after week. Or. Mm-hmm. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> we can bang them down, yeah. Scotty. Whoosh. There. Papa needs a new sweet tea. Yeah. Anyway, um, but regardless of that, look at also, we could have Star Trek. I'm mean, not just Star Trek. You could also have Star Wars and the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Look at the different things that those things can do from the first movie where it's like a sword mm-hmm. to I've seen lightsabers burn through things, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah. and so forth. Plot mm-hmm. device. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so whatever you yeah. need. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about this is it's science fiction. <laughs> right. So it's okay for it to be a, a you know, a convenience plot point, whatever. So right. that's my thought. Can I jump us back one moment? Absolutely. According to a note on the same thing, which I'm uh, looking through, <laughs> you know, I'm doing my homework as we have this conversation. Uh, it says the pteroleptals and the pioneering animatronic masks used to bring them to life. Huh were intended to return. So these were pioneering wobbly faces. Okay. These weren't just your ordinary wobbly yeah. faces. Interesting. Yeah. If it's truly animatronic, one, then that that uh, yeah. attempt at lip sync that I was talking about was being controlled from uh, outside the, the costume. That's interesting. Right, right. Yeah. Mm. It says one cool. mask did end up being reused in modified form on a delegate from Pasakar in The Trial of a Time Lord. Hmm. So keep mm. an eye out for that. Yeah. It's a familiar wobble. <laughs> that is, and it's interesting that they were intended to return, but really never did, or never did per se, as what they were in TV. Of course, you know they were in narrative and pro, you know prose sure. form, but not television. That's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Lee, I want to ask a question of you. We've made reference to Richard Mace, but you particularly seem to like this character and the actor to whom played. Richard yeah. Mace. So thoughts from you. Oh, I just, that's just a remarkable voice, isn't it? And um, he, um, I was hoping you could tell me the uh, name of the actor. Um, Michael Robbins. Richard, thank uh, you. Uh, yes, Michael, Michael Robbins. Michael Robbins, yeah. who is uh, <laughs> apparently pretty well known in the UK as a, as a comedian, as a comic actor. 
And um, hmm. so this was sort of a dramatic turn for him, but he's playing a, a larger than life character. I just, um, I, and a thespian, yeah. A thespian. So that that gives it, that gives him an excuse to have a sort of a grandiloquent way of speaking, and a, and that's lovely. Um, and mm. and you know, we so he he, be, I think we always enjoy a lovable rogue, right? I mean, when the day is done, he's out for himself um, until he really gets uh, uh, invested in what the doctor's doing, and then he turns into somebody who who wants to help them. I always enjoy watching that transformation. And you know, the last time we see him, he's going to stay behind and try to put out the fire. Mm. Interesting that you mentioned him. I know Lee, you are fans, or you are a fan of Zed Cars. Yes, he was in. Uh, he was in that. At everybody some point, was in so. Zed Cars at some point. Or another. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to point out that uh, it's interesting that we meet this uh, uh, this family at the beginning uh, in in episode one, and then um, the Terraleptals kill them, and we're, they're not in the story anymore. <laughs> But uh, one of those guys is Anthony Caff, who has the unique distinction of being one of the actors who was in both Classic Who and in New Who. Interesting. Yes. He was uh, Charles in uh, in this uh, episode, and uh, and then we will see him again as uh, somebody who has made it all the way to the planet Mars and has accidentally become an ally of the Ice Warriors. Ooh, yeah, okay. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yep, does uh, yeah gain the favor of the Queen of the Ice Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> and is, anyway. well, one t- bit of tidbit before we move on from him. Just a note that Brian Blessed was considered for the role, and I know you're a big fan <laughs> of his. Indeed. Yep, I can see that. I can totally see Brian Blessed doing. So I want to go back real quick to the companions, real quick before we move on to our favorites and. Clarence, you know, you said you had your first impressions of these characters. These are some of the companions you've not had as much experience with. Just initial thoughts that you had on Nyssa and Tegan that you saw in this. Thoughts? I I think we covered most of it, but Nyssa just felt very independent and smart. Uh, I had no idea she was an uh, not human. So that was interesting getting that revelation from you guys about the character, but, but very smart and independent. It can go off and do her own thing as a doctor instructs her to do. And she, she accomplishes a task. So that was cool. Tegan felt a little bit torn and heartbroken to me. And it was kind of hard to see her in that state for most of this, this episode. Of course, she's planning to leave to go to Heathrow 1981. <laughs> so, yeah, just 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 seeing that kind of heartbreak on her or in her in this episode um, had me just wondering about the character more. And I don't think from this serial or this story, I didn't get a real good opinion or or uh, look into who she actually is. You, you know, you just made me think of something, and this is something that I have never in all my watching ever really thought about before. So I want to ask this to both Lee and Shannon, because I don't know the answer to it off the top of my head, which is Tegan never just said, I want to go in the TARDIS, did she? She kind of just got taken along. Mm-hmm. There was never a do you want to come moment. Right. Was no, she is one of yeah, those people who who saw a police call box and tried to use it as a police call box. Right. Doesn't she at one point think she's been kidnapped? Well, she gets she gets immediately gets lost in the TARDIS. <laughs> and once she figures out what's really going on, she is furious. Uh, so, yeah, she 
yeah, she she basically acts as if she's been abducted, even though she came in of her own free will. Mm-hmm. Anyway, which th- but but that then paints her in a different light in this episode as not being quite so. You're just maybe being difficult, but more into what Clarence was saying. The sad character in the sense of you didn't really want to be here in the first place. Right. Right. Yeah, she she never asked to come aboard. That's that's true. Um, and and I do think it, it, you get a, a glimpse in this episode, or a pretty good look actually, at the the fundamental relationship between her and the doctor. That she trusts the doctor, uh, she admires him, she finds him infuriating, um, and when he tells her to do something, she immediately says why. And I, I love the way Peter Davison plays some of these moments in the in these four episodes is that when she does that, sometimes he'll snap back at her and then sometimes he'll kind of bite his tongue like, and he'll take a breath and say, because <laughs> this is, you know, and he'll, <laughs> but it's, she is, she's, she's hard to get along with. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the flames start at the end, I mean, you know, end the story mm-hmm. with the fire and the, you know, the burns and everything. We learned that the doctor is responsible for the great fire. Thoughts on that. Shannon, what, what was your thought about the doctor once again, being an integral part of history? <laughs> uh, you'd think that the great fire of London would be one of those points in time. What, they, what does he say about the points in times that are things that you can't yes, change? That should be a this, fixed this point. This like it ought to be one of yeah. the fixed point. Yes. Ooh. This feels like one of those, but maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. That's a great point. Uh, yeah. How, how could he have been the one who accidentally started the Great Fire? Yeah. Right. Well. As, as someone who's gone backward. Yeah. I, you know, but it, I mean. It's Doctor Who, and I never question those things. <laughs> I am one of those people who's perfectly happy to let them go by and, and be okay with that. There you so, go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Not much of an answer, I realize. But. No, no, no. That, very <laughs> good answer. <laughs> All right. Clarence and Lee, thoughts from you? Uh, I feel like a big idiot here. Uh, was the Great Fire? Um, a real thing? Yeah, big it pretty much destroyed <laughs> yeah. London, um, 1666. And the reason why the doctor says we're going to let it happen is not just because, from our perspective now, we'd say because it's a fixed point, but uh, also because <laughs> uh, at least it's been traditionally believed that um, it, it, it destroyed all these buildings, but it also burned up the rats who were carrying the plague. Mm-hmm. And this was the end of the, the, the plague worries in, uh, in, in London. Um, had to rebuild the city, but, um, you know, so, so yeah, the great fire was a terrible thing, but it also did the country a lot of good. So that's why the doctor, mm. and, and you know, I think British school children would know that it is, it, it is, uh, said to have started in a bakery on Pudding Lane. So that's, that, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's yeah, what the last thing that, we get is the yeah. sense is Pudding Lane. So that all the kids in the audience will go, Oh, <laughs> oh! I see what happened. Yeah. yeah, that's their Lady Leary's cow, I guess. That's right. There, yeah. Mm. Yep. You know, I guess the, you know, starting a fire like that with somebody was like they had like pudding brains. Mm-hmm. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's where the doctor got that phrase from. The planet of the pudding yes. brains. Or- yeah. Well, there's in these in this bunch of notes I've been looking at. It says that the I think the writer's girlfriend was doing a study on the Great Fire of London and hmm. and realized that connection that a few months later all the the plague was starting to die out because all the rats had disappeared and destroyed so interesting 
So, ladies and gentlemen, or lady and gentlemen, not ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> lady and gentlemen, before we move on, final question. Do either of the three of you, any of the three of you, me, who knows, have any other items to discuss before we get into our favorite? Silence has fallen. Silence has fallen. <laughs> and so that means favorite quote, Lee Shackelford. I seem to be starting over and over with you, so let's just keep rolling. Lee Shackelford. What say you? I like long walks. Do you okay. remember the favorite part? <laughs> you may not remember the context uh, when when uh, Adric has uh, has done that thing the doctors told him not to do, which is move the TARDIS. Uh, Tegan tries to make it all right by saying, "Well, at least it saved us a long walk." And the doctor, still still mad, says, "I like long walks." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. He was tick. He was tick. That's all it means. (laughs) And and you know what? One thing, and I know this isn't a favorite that I'm giving, but people kept referring over time to Six being the angry doctor. Mm -hmm. He really wasn't, if you think about it. This Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. is the subdued, angry doctor. Yeah. Rewatching these a long time ago, I watched all the Fifth Doctor adventures uh, you know, kind of in a binge. And I was struck by how often he's just plain mean to people. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it's, that's that's funny because we think of him as being so so kind and nice. But that's just Peter Davidson's face, you know? That's just, <laughs> that's, you know? I mean, and, and then Perry is disappointed, you know, when he uh, regenerates. She says, I liked you before. You were sweet. <laughs> but uh, sweet! <laughs> he's offended. But yeah, there's... An early episode where he tells Ad- Adric to shut up and mind his own business, <laughs> and I remember just thinking, "Dude, <laughs> yeah, I that was a tough regeneration. Yeah. That was, was cranky for a while." Yeah. <laughs> but that gives new see that gives more context to that mini scene in Power of the Doctor yes. when you have Tegan and you have the Doctor have that moment where you know what were you th- what do you think about and she you know he says Ace. I mean, Adric. All right. So we've got a favorite. We've got a favorite. Shannon, did you have a favorite quote? Well, I just looked up one. You call 300 years a small error. (laughs) Yeah. From Tegan. Call yourself a time lord. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Favorite scene. Shannon Perry. uh, Oh, I'm so sorry, Claire. He's used to to three, see? I am so sorry. I'm used to, yes, the power of three. It's not my fault. But Clarence Brown, favorite quote. It's from Tegan and Richard Mace, where Tegan says, I don't like this house. It's spooky. I find this house full of style and quality. (laughs) All point of view. I was cackling at that one. So my favorite quote is going to be, I feel as though you just killed an old yeah. friend. So I knew that was going to be your line. Yeah. I know. I, I really like that because it, mm-hmm. it, it just, I, I don't know, whenever I heard him say it, I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of meta, but I like yeah. it. Does the, does the TARDIS itself produce the sonic screwdriver? Well, we've seen it at least once come out of the, come out of the out console. Of the console yeah. But so, and it's supposedly, I mean, it's different for every doctor, so it must be customized somewhat for every doctor, right? And Yeah. Know. Well, back to what you just said, it makes sense that it must, considering that 13 had to make her own because there was no TARDIS there. Mm. That that uh-huh. falls into your thought. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway. Well, favorite scene, Clarence Brown. 
I'm going to start with you. Favorite scene? Mine is going to be when a doctor had to, well, I guess Richard Mace was picking the lock and he had, he was done with it for all intents and purposes, but I guess the door didn't open and the doctor said, hand me the gun. It appeared as, as he missed and he said, I never miss. <laughs> to which the door opened and they got out. So, I favorite scene. Shannon, what say you? Uh, the third one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> was that the one with the android yes. okay, the, the super yes. cool yes. android guy I thought yeah. that design was Thank amazing you. that's exactly it thank you very much <laughs> love it bless you Clarence <laughs> <laughs> Lee, yeah, Lee Shackelford uh, I, I, I liked that uh, just the whole final showdown with the, the pteroleptals you know it's, it's, it's sad that it has to end this way but uh it's just a, it's a well choreographed uh, fight, you know, and um, I, I pity the actors or, or stuntmen who are in there with masks and and cloaks on because it seemed like that would be very difficult to block a fight you know, with. But uh, but yeah, everybody gets involved and Mace is in there fighting, and uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Tegan is rather pathetically hitting him with the <laughs> with the barrel of a gun, which is <laughs> not going to help anybody. But anyway, it just. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> but it's not as bad as uh, as this. The line I have weapons training. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> oh god! No. So at least you didn't say that. And, no. And and you know what? Uh, you, we're talking about the android. Yes. Yeah. At least the android doesn't look. Even though it looks kind of like it's a precursor to, I think, one of the most hated uh doctor who adversaries slash villains i'm assuming i think it's one of the most hated not benny but um <laughs> one of the worst they say the candy man remember from yes. uh the happiness right. he, patrol he has a, a little bit of candy man about him but he also looks a little bit like chameleon who uh we'll, we'll meet we'll meet mm, later on yes in the fifth doctor's time mm. but uh yeah yeah very complex patterning on that uh that robot you you kind of have yeah. to wonder why yes. <laughs> yeah maybe vibes. the contrast of the robot being you know having the complex design but then making itself look like a death Ooh, apparition maybe, maybe. So, yeah. i'll buy that hmm. <laughs> so my favorite scene i'll make mine quick was the end of the second episode meta more so in the sense that this was a time where we don't know a year in advance what the doctor is going to be wearing, et cetera. And so much, as much as I love that, I, it was a time of television where, yes, there was probably some form of advance mm. notice. But when people thought that his head might be chopped off and regenerated, they tuned yeah. in. I think that's cool. <laughs> Boy, I'm glad you said what the doctor would yeah. be wearing because I had forgotten I remember this moment, but I've forgotten what story it's in. But we see the doctor take his celery off, and mm. and he puts it back on mm. his lapel, and it and it sticks like it's got a magnet in it. He 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 licks the inside of it. You know, he, he licks his finger and traces it on the inside, and then that's apparently what's holding it to his lapel. It's just I can't think of any reason for showing that other than for it to be cool. You know, it's just like that silly idea that he's got to stalk a celery on his lapel, but it's being held up by magic or something. I just, hey, I wear celery. Yeah. Celery. Right. <laughs> Gallifrey spit. Can, yeah, I, I, can I give three quick shout yeah. outs before we move on? 
Um, I love the way the android was actually destroyed yeah. with the vibration Ooh, yeah. uh, contraption. He shoots the contraption first, but then he goes for the core mm-hmm. powering the contraption, uh-huh. which I thought was smart. Didn't help. He still died. Uh, but anyway, I like that. I thought it was pretty cool. The brick wall oh, illusion. Yeah. I thought Ooh, that was pretty yeah. clever as well. Mm. And, you know, Clarence, I'll comment on that scene that you just said. I like the fact that they took the time to not just have her put her hands over her ears, mm-hmm. her being uh, yeah. Nessa, but they took the time to say, you need to put on headphones to make it look like you're, you know, you're protected. That little attention mm-hmm. to detail. I really like that. So final ratings, ladies first, final rating. What would you give this story, Shannon Perry? Uh, I give it five charcoal sonic screwdrivers out of five. <laughs> Mm, okay (laughs) clarence brown what would you give this oh i will give this 4.5 doubly infected (laughs) rats (laughs) is that a good thing (laughs) yeah right no it's not just it's just a thing yeah but but i would go the same way i gotta give it uh four and a half um uh illusory wall brick walls nice Mm. so i'm going to take my rating and i am going to cut my rating into five tiny strips of bacon Mm. out of five nice yeah there you go it's not my fault i'm just saying i can't help it it's like an illness i can't help it yeah, like the plague. Yeah, I have the plague. He's, I I have been I have had too much uh cud cudfi. Yeah. That's what I I've drank too much cudfi. That's right. Oh, but this has been so much yes. fun. Shannon Perry, Thank love you. having you on. Thank you. Love being here and yes, sorry indeed. I you know wasn't very helpful. No, but you were. No, oh, but you were yeah. indeed. <laughs> so I have to ask a final question. It's the holidays, and I want to give the gift of where else each of you could be found on the Internet. And in case anyone is wondering, Shannon Perry, where else might you be found on the Internet? <laughs> uh, you can find the show at Oz9 at Oz-9.com. Awesome. Awesome. Clarence Brown, what about you? Uh, you can look me up on mastodon.social where I'll be tweeting all my social media posts going. I know, t- tweeting, or whatever you call it on Mastodon. <laughs> nah, you can find me. <laughs> That's what they call it. I'm sorry. Really? Uh, you can call me. <laughs> wow. You can, you can find you can me. Been, you've been tooting your own <laughs> horn. <laughs> you can find me at disgustingtrick.com. <laughs> Clarence said he's done for Christmas. He's done for New Year's. He's, he's done. done. Just like a... Yeah. All right. Lee Shackelford, what about you? Oh, I don't know. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm narrowing down my social media channels. I, I feel like I'm powering down like, the opportunity room. Just, 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 <laughs> I don't know. It's just a thin layer of sand. That's it'll, it'll no, no. I'm afraid <laughs> this is it. Certainly, certainly have turned my back on Twitter's. Uh, mm. but I will, I will say, uh, shackelfordfreelance.com. So that's very often where you can find what I'm up to, or at least what I have been doing. Mm. And speaking of things that you have been Mm. doing, I'm quite sure that while we're just being, giving the gift 
to, you know, oh, I don't know, maybe I could envision maybe something, a gift that might be good for their ears and mind. Mm. Maybe there's a link in shackelfordfreelance.com to relativitypodcast.com. I don't you can't, know. Maybe. You can't escape it. You can't. But for everyone who has not escaped us yet, <laughs> thank you for joining us. This is, like I said, likely the last one for 2022. So we wish every one of you, your friends, your family, the best for 2023. We thank you for being with us for one episode or for almost 300. We appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you for listening. And as always, before we're back next time, Oz9, 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 (laughs) and we will be back next time. So silly. Awesome. I had so so much fun doing that. And I'm just picturing Clarence in the background, just like every time I do it, his eyes are like, oh, Lord. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.